Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Aisha Tyler. Tribe Called Quest. Fred Armisen. Fritz Paul. Javier Munoz. Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Talk House Podcast. I'm Josh Modell. This week, we're resurfacing an episode that originally aired in October of 2020, featuring actor-comedian-musician Reggie Watts in conversation with Chino Moreno of Deftones. Part of the reason we're bringing this one back to your attention is that it's awesome, and part of the reason is that Reggie Watts will be performing at this year's Desert Days Festival at Lake Paris in Southern California, on Moreno Beach, coincidentally, from September 30th through October 2nd. TalkHouse will also be heading out to Desert Days with our friends from Dadgrass. We'll be recording new episodes of the podcast with some of the artists out there, as well as gathering stories for TalkHouse.com. It's an incredible festival in an otherworldly location, and this year's lineup includes Tame Impala, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, Iggy Pop, Bad Bad Not Good, Perfume Genius, The Armed, Kikagaku Moyo, and much, much, much more. Check out Desert Days, that's D-A-Z-E dot org, for pictures and the full lineup. And check out this great chat between Reggie Watts and Chino Moreno of Deftones. So how you been? Oh, man, you know, it's been a roller coaster, but, uh, you know, mostly, mostly good. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. I mean, you know, yeah, aside from from Earth itself, yeah, I mean, actually not the Earth itself, yeah. but the people, on, the people on it. Yeah, right, right, yeah, the Earth doesn't really care. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think it's been a, quite a while trying to think earlier about what year it was when we spent that time together in Australia. Um, I think it was... 2012 or something like that? Or yeah, I think, I think that's the last time that I, I've seen you in, in, in person. So, um, yeah. But, I, but, but I've seen you a lot, like uh, on the television and everywhere since then. So it uh, feels like it hasn't been that long just because I, I, I get to see you a lot <laughs> that, that way. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, I've been hearing a lot about the, the album and so forth. I've been, been rocking it. So it's been really nice. Right on, right on. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a trip, man. You know, like after all these years, whatever it's thirty plus years, I guess, since we started playing in Stefan's garage, like making noise in there, kind of still many years later, still making noise and um, and being able to put out <laughs> records is kind of, it's kind of crazy. I know it's uh, you know it's cool. It's it, it goes as long as as the connection remains. You know. Yeah, for sure. The single that you guys released, I was like, wow, this is cool. This is just like. Still the same spirit, you know, and uh, right on. it's always like a nice comfort, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, things are going to be nice and destructive. That's good. Yeah, you. Got, I, I think. I mean, you. You got a pretty good chance to like hang with like all of us, kind of individually. Correct. I mean, I think I kind of yeah. remember like we had a lot of times where we sat backstage or whatever. We all talked and. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Just I always wonder what other people's perspectives are when they hang out with us because, like, you know, I think we're all. You know, as close we are as friends and whatever, blah, like like we're all like a little different, you know, especially like, you know, Stefan, he's just a character. I get a kick out of him. He's yeah. definitely a little out there sometimes. And um, yeah. I've known him since, you know, basically I, I was 10 years old. I think when I when we met, he lived, he lived up wow. the street. For, he lived up the street from me. He was like the rocker dude in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? He um, we all skateboarded and stuff, but he was like the one guy who had like long hair. Yeah. And uh, and would sit on his yeah. porch and, and play his guitar and. and uh, you know, you go into his room and he had like Y&T posters up in like all kinds of like, you know, like he was a straight rocker. Yeah. It's it just funny. I was just thinking like, his, you know, how much it's like 
it's changed, but not really. He's still like, you know, it's like still that that vibe. He's still like the, the rocker. Now it's just like more extreme rock. But it's pretty funny, like just to think like back that many years ago and, and like see how everybody's sort of like grown up, but kind of not kind of the same, you know, in their own way. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like, you know, when you when you have like a crew, especially, I mean, you've been making art together for a long time, which is you know, different than like if you were just like hanging out with your school buddies, you know, all of your life or whatever. It's like such a different thing because you're like going out to sea, you know, on tour and on a, on a ship, on different kinds of ships, all you know, mm-hmm. through time. And you're like experiencing so many problems and issues and drama and good things and amazing things. You know, it's it's, it's just a whole different relationship. And I was just watching the, uh, the Go-Go's documentary. Oh, I just watched that last week, too. Yeah, that was really yeah. inspiring. I was just it, like, it was, wow. but it, it's wow. pretty funny though. Like when you when you watch stuff like that though, and you really realize like how most bands are like kind of the same. Like every band goes through like pretty much the same like behind the music stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, yes, yes. From like like arguing over who wrote songs to like one person gets a drug addiction. One, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, um, yeah. It's like it's all it's all like wow. It's like man, we're such a cliche of of ourselves sometimes. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. It it is, but you know, it, I mean, you understand why that happens. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's good, it's good for I think it's good for other people to see too that aren't like in bands because, uh, like I yeah. said, it ring, it rings true. Yeah. To a lot of us, you know. Yeah, it was it was really good though. Yeah, no, it was it was great. I, the 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 thing that really got me though, I just loved it. It's just seeing them together in the end, you know, like just like getting yeah. back together after the drama, you know, and uh, and just sitting on stage doing the same old shit, and it was just so sweet. That was great. Yeah. No, that is, that is a good feeling. Did you ever watch the um, the Metallica one, the one where they? Where they were like making a record, and then they had like a like a counselor in there with them when they were recording. Oh shit! No, I didn't. I didn't. I heard about it, but I never saw. Uh, it. Yeah. Is it. Is it good to see, see that? That one's it's good, but it's like hard to watch, like because it's it's like really cringy, like you know a lot wow. of it. Shout out to them for like putting it out, you know, because it, it, like if I was in the band and I watched it, I'd be like, oh dude, we can't put this out, you know what I mean? So like the <laughs> fact that the, 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 the fact that they like put it out because like it's like. It shows them like, you know, literally like not fighting, fighting, but like arguing in the studio. And then like they have a dude there who's supposed to like be like the guru or some way or whatever. And it's just like really weird, man. It's really uncomfortable at certain parts, but but definitely entertaining. I would say I would say to I would say to check it out for sure. Uh, well, yeah, I will. It's like I'll have to prepare myself <laughs> for that. So like the, the new the new album, I, do you have videos for it? We have two that we recorded at the same time. So we have this this guy who. He's like kind of like been a photographer, videographer who's been like touring with us pretty much everywhere we go and um, has been yeah. kind of filming us and stuff like that. And we didn't really use any of that footage, but we, we realized that, okay, obviously we're not going to be able to get together in person. Um, everybody lives in different cities. So real quick, I'm in Portland. Abe and Frank are in Sacramento still. They've, they've been there pretty much since, since back in the day. Stefan's in LA and Sergio lives in New York. So... For us to get together, okay. it's like it's like one of those things where we have to um, really plan it out. Like, okay, we're all going to fly and we're going to meet here or there. Um, we still have a studio in Sacramento that we've had since the mid-90s. So lately we've been doing stuff there, like writing or rehearsing, whatever there. But even that was kind of sketchy because this was, I want to say, this was even like a few months ago. And just like the last time we had seen each other, we or we'd all been in the same room, we were rehearsing to go to Australia again, uh, ironically enough. Oh. Um, and that was, I think, maybe it was March. 
And like the night before we were supposed to leave, like, yeah, the, the, the tour was canceled. That was like, I think that was like right when like, uh, like basketball got canceled. Like everything just like started getting shut down right around then. So it was like, oh, okay, this is serious. Like, you know, we're not going. And uh, we had, we just spent like a week or so rehearsing to go out there. But that was the last time we'd seen each other. So then slowly but surely, like everything was like, you know, okay, this might last a couple weeks. Oh, this might last a month. Oh, here's another month going by, whatever. And it, I'm sure you were, you were feeling the same way of just like, you know, are you still in New York? Where are you at? No, I'm in L.A. Oh, okay. I think maybe in L.A. just too, maybe because stuff's more spread out. Maybe it wasn't as, I don't know. Um, I know like for Sergio, like he would, he didn't like leave his house for like, you know, he was in New York and New York was oh, yeah. really crazy. And like he, you know, he basically like was nervous to go get like groceries and stuff, you know. And I think we were all kind of like in that headspace for a, for a little bit. I mean, I think we kind of know what we're dealing with to a little bit more, at least. And then when, when it was just like, yeah, you didn't want to touch anything that anybody else touched and like super... Whatever. So like, yeah, so it came down to yeah. um, to the video stuff, whatever. And we were like, yeah, we want to be nice to get together and do this. But like no one wanted to like fly or or, or like, you know, get on a plane or, or do anything. So so we had our dude Clemente, who, um, like I said, he, he travels a lot, whatever. He he flew out to all of us individually. He went and got, you know, he got his, his COVID test, whatever. And then like he came in and just filmed us all with like, you know, a little backdrop and some and some lights and, you know, with technology, just took it, you know, and uh, we had a couple different directors kind of uh, come in and um, t- use that footage. And we made two videos out of the same little shoot, you know. And, yeah, I mean, the, you know, they're, they're both different. And, I mean, obviously, I think maybe it could have they could have been a little bit better had we been able to, to be together. But for some reason, it doesn't seem that way. I mean, they did a great job in, like, making it feel, I think, like we're we were together, you know? Yeah. The last one dropped last week, uh, last Friday. Um, the new, the newer one, Genesis. And then, uh, yeah. And then tomorrow the record comes out. Yeah. So excited. I think last time I made a record was like so, so, so long ago. Yeah. I don't even remember <laughs> what it's like to make one. Well, that's not true. I made an electronic album, but we make it so quickly that it's, mm-hmm. it's just so quick. It's hard to t- know if you can count it as like, it's not the same thing as sitting in the studio with like, a bunch of musicians. Do you kind of do it like how your live shows were? Like, as far as like yeah. sort of just like kind of like off the top, just like kind of start just like digging in and then, yeah, that's wild how yeah. you do that. I, I always bug out <laughs> on that. Oh. It's funny, you inspire me. I got, I got like, when I got back from Australia, I got like two of those, um, the green uh, Line 6. Oh, Line 6. Yo, because yeah. like you used to flip that thing, dude. And like the way your vocal would sound, like you'd have this really cool slap thing that you did on there. And I was like, oh, that I love that sound for one. Um, but just like a lot of the yeah. way that you you manipulated that thing, like I just used it as a guitar pedal back in the day. And I would just like, you know, I'd find one setting and then I'd record a whole song with it. Like you were like actually used it as like a like a piece of gear, you know, and actually your whole rig that you had set up. I remember just like staring at it going like, like, how the hell does he get all these sounds out of this? Like, you know what I mean? The way and, and then that fast, it's like you have to remember like, you know, I'm sure you get used to it. I mean, as far as like knowing what knobs or what, whatever, but like, I'm not that tech savvy. So like when it comes to me and recording, I like to have like someone help me like set everything up, all my compressors, my effects, everything, make a chain. And then like, if I have an idea, I just got to come in and like push the record button and then record it. Otherwise it's like two sides of my brain. Like if I start going to like the technical side of it, I'm like, whatever idea I had is long gone. And I'm just kind of like in another world, you know? Yeah, well, I'm I'm kind of like that. Like, if it's recording, I just need, like, an engineer there just because I, I want to stay in the creative zone. You know, I don't want to be an engineer. I don't want to be, mm-hmm. you know. But the gear that I do have, I do know how to use that. And the, But, the, I mean, it'd be the same thing as, like, you know, a guitar. You know, mm-hmm. it's, for me, the Line 6 or my 
my six track looper um, mm-hmm. and reverb pedal and all that stuff. That's kind of like my version of a good, an instrument. So I don't really okay. see that too much as a technical thing. So when you said though that you made an electronic record, yeah, you mean that you use that stuff, but also you like used like some like what like synthesizers and like drum machines and stuff. Yeah, well, I worked with. Uh, do you know John Tejada? Sounds familiar. He's like a a West Coast techno house like legendary producer like he okay. you know he's up there with like plaid and all the legends that you would hear like through the oh. 90s and, and so forth oh. and he started okay. in hip-hop but anyways he's badass he does like these really amazing minimal techno albums and uh, he's an incredible electronic producer and so i yeah i was like a hit fan of his and i joined up with him uh we met each other at a party that he was performing at a warehouse party that he was spinning at and then mm-hmm. uh and then we just hit it off and so basically what happens is i just i go to his house and we go into his studio and we just have a mic set up and um he plays like a skeleton of a beat and then if i'm feeling something i'll just uh start singing and i'll just sing over it a couple times mm-hmm. and that's that track. And then sometimes, sometimes I'll hear a bass line and I'll put a bass line down with synthesizers um, mm-hmm. or, you know, pa- orchestral pads or I'll start a track with a drum beat and then he'll mm-hmm. add stuff on. So we just like do quick handoffs and then I sing uh, super fast and then, uh, then we just move on to the next track. But that's how we make records. So they're, they're really, really fast. But it's, it's because it's electronic. What about the lyrics though? Like, because I, I realized that you, you like super fast at lyrics. Like, you know, I've seen like obviously all your live shows where you, I can tell like, like you, <laughs> like, you know, you'll be singing a lyric and it'll be about someone who's like in the room that you probably never met. I'm like, okay, he, he definitely wrote this right now. You know what I mean? Oh, so like, do you do that same thing when you're, do you do it or do you come up with like melodies and then put the words to the melodies kind of thing? Uh, no, in, in that case, I'm just improvising. So off the top of my head. So it's, you know, with Wahada, which is the name of the electronic project with John. All right, I'm gonna look it up. It, yeah, check it out. It's a W-A-J-A-T-T-A. It's a okay. hybrid of both of our names, last names. Okay. But yeah, so uh, with that project, you know, I'm just going for it. So a lot of it is kind of like fake languages, uh, gibberish. Sometimes sometimes there's some clear English ideas, but it's kind of like whatever it is, whatever comes out is what it is. Um, so there's not like, you know, I'm not sitting down and writing a narrative or anything like that um, or poetry in, in that sense. Uh, okay. But... But it is like, you know, it's inspired by the moment and I'm, I'm trying my best to make it sound like something. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. No, it does. It's, it's awesome. I mean, I, honestly, it's like a very organic way of, of writing. You know, it's like very much in that moment, which is yeah. it's pretty rad. There's so many different ways of writing. For me, it's definitely gotten more limited as I get older in the sense that, uh, you know, I really like just making stuff in the moment and just being cool with it and moving on, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. because if, yeah. I, if I start spending too much time on something... I actually start to get really sleepy and I start to fall asleep. <laughs> but I would be interested to hear like something that you did like that, though. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Even if it's not like, you know, that you worked on it for 12 hours in a row, but like maybe wrote, like wrote something and then like, you know, a week later, come back and say, oh, that's cool. But, you know, and then refine yeah. it and refine it like, you know, because I, I can only what I'm saying is I can only imagine like where that could go. You know what I mean? Considering the only way I've seen you is just like, like work super like. You know, right. in, in that quick way, I think I just could imagine how awesome it would be. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I could do something that that sounds really nice and meaningful uh, if I was with the right producer. Mm-hmm. Because I can write stuff pretty fast. You know, I just need someone to, to assemble it as fast as I can create it. You gotcha. Know? Um, and, I, you know, I have a solo record from 2003 that... 
you know, I spent a lot of time on and I have five albums with my band mock tube from Seattle mm-hmm. days in the 1990s that we did like, you know, traditional, like, you know, rehearsal space, writing songs, playing live, going on tour, then recording the album, all that stuff. So are I, you from, are you, are you from up there from Seattle? Well, I am actually from Montana. Uh, okay. I grew up in Montana. Um, and then in what, what's it, what city? Great Falls. Okay. Not a lot of people know it. It's, it's, uh, it's right in the middle of the state. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm from Great Falls and, yeah, 1990. When I was, uh, when I, as soon as I graduated high school, I moved to Seattle. Okay. So, so I was in Seattle from '90 to 2003, and so okay. that, that was when wow. I played in million, millions of bands. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, I mean, we spent a lot of time there during those years as well. I mean, oh really? Yeah, I mean, we recorded all our our first four records, pretty much. Wow. Uh, actually, White, White Pony, we yeah, actually White Pony, we did in Sausalito and then in Los Angeles, but all the the other ones, the other. Uh, one, two, crazy, four, and some of five. You know, Bad Animal Studio up there. Now Studio yeah. X, or, or yeah, it was yeah, yeah. It became became Studio X. I guess the, the Heart Sisters, yeah. whatever you used to own it. Yeah, whatever. the Heart Sisters. Yeah, totally. I've recorded there. Yeah, so we. Uh, that's where Terry Date, our producer, um, lives. He still lives up there, and um, and uh, so yeah, that was like you know us leaving Sacramento and like going up there and like, you know, those were good times. I mean, I used to skate all around that city and just like you know. Like I really, really fell in love with that city way back in the mid '90s, and then I think the last record that we did there at the time was the self-titled record in like 2003, I think. So probably that was probably around the same time that you moved away from there. So yeah, we were probably running the streets at the same time. Man, that's so crazy. Yeah, because I remember uh, rocking White Pony um, mm-hmm. when it came out. I had that shit so blasted in my Subaru yeah. DL. A sedan <laughs> it's just like rolling around and just rocking that shit with a 12 disc changer in the trunk <laughs> hey this is josh modell host of the talk house podcast we love it when musicians come on the show and talk about process, and often they'll get into the nuts and bolts of being a working artist, which can sometimes be fun and sometimes feel more like a business. Well, this episode of TalkHouse is brought to you by DistroKid, which is an amazing service for musicians looking to get their songs out into the world in an incredibly smart and cost-effective way. For the past decade plus, DistroKid has made it easy to get your music on all the streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Instagram, and more. You keep 100% of your earnings minus a flat yearly fee, which is a better deal than you'll find anywhere else. More than a million artists use DistroKid, and the latest version of their app is better than ever. It includes features that make it easy to see your account details, including the money you've earned, as well as to seamlessly edit things like lyrics and metadata across platforms. There's even a feature called Instant Share, which allows you to easily share files with your bandmates, booking agent, playlist curators, and more. DistroLock allows you to protect your songs. DistroKid users get a YouTube official artist channel, too. The list goes on. The DistroKid app is available on iOS and Android. Go check it out today. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. Hey, TalkHouse listeners, it's Josh Modell. 
Instead of encouraging you to listen to podcasts today, I'm here to encourage you to read something great. The particular something I have in mind is the second issue of The Talkhouse Reader, the print zine spearheaded by our fantastic music editor, Annie Fell. This issue is focused on the intersection of food and music, and it features contributions from Maddie Matheson, Coleman Domingo, Squirrel Flower, Sam Evian, the Blessed Madonna, and more. There are pieces about eating while on tour, the gentrification of food, cooking as a creative catalyst, and much, much more. You can order a copy today, along with the first issue, at store.talkhouse.com. Please do check it out. Yo, I wanted to ask you about something else. Yeah. I remember when, when we were down in Australia, you were the first person I actually saw with uh, the little fold-away bikes. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to ask, like, do, do you, for one, do you still ride, do you still ride bikes? Because I would see you just, just like vamping around town on that thing. And I'd be like, yo. But I also remember like being on the plane with you and you like fold it up and like put it in, like on the plane and stuff. And I'd just be like, yo, that's dope. <laughs> like, like, but you were the first person I saw, I saw with one of those. You still have that or do you, or do you still ride bikes in general? You know, I don't, I don't ride bikes as much. Um, well, hardly. I mean, I have a couple e-bikes now and I still have one of my Bromptons, but I gave one of my Bromptons, that's that folding bike. Uh-huh. I gave one away to one of my coworkers at CBS um, and she rides it every day. It's pretty awesome. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's been a while because, you know, I was traveling a lot and I wanted to, you know, for that tour, especially I wanted to stay, you know, in shape. You know, I was just looking for something really small because in New York, I just didn't want to lock my bike up. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to worry about my bike all the time. You know, I go in to like have coffee with someone and I'm like locking my bike up and hoping, you know, that mm-hmm. it's still there when I get back. So instead I was like, well, what if I just had a bike I could just put under the table when I'm having coffee and then I know exactly where it is. So I started yeah. rocking it there. And then when the tour came along, I, was, I thought, man, maybe I could figure out a huge case, you know, to put my flight yeah. case. And I figured it out. And just made it happen. And it was fun to, you know, ride from the hotel to the gig every day on that tour. It was just a blast. Yeah. Um, but uh, now I mainly rock. I uh, have an e-bike made by Super 73, this crew out of. Oh, uh, I know that one. It's like the little mini bike kind of one. With the, yeah. Which which one do you have? Because I've been trying to yeah. get one. I have three of them. Some people will say like the e-bikes in general. I mean, I ride like mountain bikes and and road bikes, all, any kind of bike. I just love bikes, but um, especially on, on mountain yeah. bikes, people are like, you know, you know, do the e-bike, you're cheating, blah blah. But but it's like, yo, I can no. I'll, I'll ride way farther than I would on my regular mountain bike. So I'm still riding, like you know what I mean, and it's still exercising. Like you're tripping, it's dope. No, it's fun. Man. Once people get on them, it's like the same thing with like electric cars and shit. You know, everyone's just like, oh, no, man, it's like, blow. And, and, and then they then they try it out and they're like, oh, shit, this is dope. You know, get guaranteed someone on a scooter, a gas scooter that's just like, yeah. you know, like it barely has yeah. any torque. And then they get on an electric scooter and they're like, holy shit. It's just yeah. it's a game changer. But, I, you know, I, I like the e-bikes. I think that they're cool and I think they're great to like just zip around and take care of shit or just have fun. Or like, you know, if you want to like take it in your car, you know, you know, if you're going down to the beach or whatever. Yeah. Um, go check out the Goonie rocks or whatever and go and just like rip it up on the beach. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. I love bikes, but you know, an e-bike is just, you know, it's, it's different. I, th- I just approach them differently. Like if I was living out in more rural, I'd probably ride a bike, uh, just a straight mm-hmm. up bike, you know, in the city, it just feels like you have a little bit more of a feel safer in a way, uh-huh. you know, cause you got disc brakes and, yep. you know, and you got power to get out of a situation if you need to and that type of yeah. shit. So um, I like it. And it just looks, it looks cool. 
Yeah, it does. It looks like a little mini bike. Reminds me of like those, like these dudes when I was a kid, like all the cholos in my neighborhood, they would like, they'd have those little bikes, like mini bikes that were like, basically had like a lawnmower engine in the, like the middle compartment. Yeah. Just they look basically just like those Super 73s, but like, you know, gas powered by like lawnmower chainsaw engines. And no, like <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of the ones that like they had too, like no brakes, like straight up, just like me around the neighborhood. I'd be like, yo, that was crazy. <laughs> but, uh, I just love bikes. Like I could sit and talk about bikes forever. Um, I, I, bicycles I get, or, or bicycles in general. But um, I've never. Mm-hmm. I, I've had. I had one motorcycle. I was walking down this little main street in Snohomish, and it was in an antique store in the window, and it looked so cool. It looked like like kind of a smaller version of like a you know like a old '60s kind of like you know James Dean style like motorcycle whatever. And I was like, and I walked inside, and uh, oh yeah, and like I, a cafe racer. Yeah, it's total like cafe racer style bike. And I bought it out of the window, like just as is. And I and I tried to ride it back to Woodville and I got a flat tire. And then and like and, and then uh I, I got it, you know, going and I, I used to ride it a little bit, but it usually just sat in my garage and eventually I, I I got rid of it. But um yeah. But my wife's not too down with me having a motorcycle. So I, I just I'm just kinda like, you know, whatever. And I like bikes and bicycles like a yeah. lot more anyways. She's actually doesn't like me buying any more bicycles either, because she's like, How many bikes do you need? And I'm just like uh, you know, you got you, different bikes for different things, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, well, uh, you know, different occasions. Yeah. yeah. So you, so you're, you're like a BMX cat. You no, like I mean, BMX I, I did, I did grow up BMXing, uh, but not like, you know, not really like doing tricks or nothing like that, but just like, you know, that was like how I got around the yeah, hood. Yeah, just dirt biking. Yep, dirt biking. We made little jumps and stuff like in the fields by our house. But that, and then um, when mountain bikes first came along, I was like, uh, you know, I loved them. Yeah. But uh, now, now the technology is so rad on them. So like, and then I, when I lived in Bend, like there's tons of trails and they were literally like, you know, three minutes from my house, the, the trailheads. So that was really cool um, doing that. But I also like road bike and I have a, and I like like vintage still like frame old school road bikes. So I collect, you know, I got a couple of those. Sick. But the bike I probably ride the most now is I have like a specialized hybrid bike and it's sort of like it has the flat bars kind of like a um like a mountain bike but it's like a road bike, you know, thin tires and it's it's carbon yeah. so it's like super light. I live actually in this city called Lake Oswego and it's uh, like 9 miles so- south of Portland. Oh, and wow. there's a there, there's a big lake and I, I like yeah, that's my my thing is I'll just ride around the lake. It's like 7 mile loops, not that 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 big but um it's super light and I can ride in and out of traffic and not feel sketchy. Obviously disc brakes and everything. So it's like, you know, I, I really have good control of it. So, uh, but so that's probably the yeah. bike that I ride, I ride the most. I, I love like super lightweight bikes. Like there's nothing more sexier than just like a super high tech, you know, like hyper lightweight carbon and titanium, man. <laughs> that's, that's the way I wanted someone to make a, a carbon fiber and titanium Brompton. Uh, that English oh, yeah. bike. Oh yeah, because then that'd be yeah, that'd be super trans- transportable. That'd be so crazy because they're they're like you know the one I had that I was that I was on tour with back at Big Day Out. That was like I don't know it was like their lightest bike, and I I had like a titanium uh, aftermarket titanium seat post and titanium forks to kind of get rid of some weight, but they could really like someone could go to town, they could do like a special hyper lightweight version of that bike, and it would just man, that would just yeah. kill. They should, they should. I mean, I was totally inspired by you by that time because I literally, the next time I went down to Australia and I think like the whole trip, we kind of did the South Pacific or whatever, um, you know, went to Japan, through everything. So like I took one of my bikes and I bought a big ass case. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was like a, it was like an older like Thule case or something like that, whatever. But it was like, 
the case yeah. itself was too hit was heavy enough. So like every plane I got on, I had to pay extra, like Ugh. just because it, it was like past the weight thing by like you know a few pounds, whatever. So like I would have to pay like seventy bucks to like one hundred fifty bucks every little jaunt, you know, to go to go on. And you know, in Australia, it's like when you're touring, you're flying pretty much to every show. Yes. Um, yeah. So so yeah, I kept getting charged for it. So like I was like, damn it. But I was inspired by you <laughs> because like that was the coolest thing to like look out my hotel window and, and see Reggie just like. Just straight up, just like <laughs> on your bike, just rolling out. I'd be like, "Do I want to do that?" <laughs> that was dope, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was such a trip for me. I, I I loved it. I like you know going for it. You know, if there's like something that most people would be like, "Nah, I don't know if I'd want to do that." I'm like, "No, no, I, I want to know if you know what it's like to yeah to, to just commit and just go for it." What I always explain to people with the coolest thing is like. Like how many times have you been to a city and then you've been there, but you never really like peeped it out. It's like you went to the venue, you went to mm-hmm. the hotel, maybe you might've went to some restaurant or some, someone like told you mm-hmm. to go to, like to get the best right. chicken wings or something or whatever. I don't know. But, but, like, yeah. but to have a bike and like ride through cities and like make your own sort of venture through wh- however, it's like, I don't know. I really like, I really probably saw more of each city in, in, in different places by having a bike because it's like, you're actually wheels to the ground like you're exploring yeah and so like like that's so much fun to me i usually get up when i'm say like you know we're playing a show i usually i'm usually the first one up i get up super early on the bus i go into venue before everybody's in there i take a shower i set up my dressing room stuff whatever and then I, i'll get my get on my bike and i'll just like pretty much ride around until sound check which is usually you know three or four o'clock but i'll just cruise around. I mean, you know, look up, okay, what record stores around here? What, uh, what like cool breweries are here? What, you know, cafes or whatever. And just like ride my bike there. And sometimes it's, you know, it could be a little far, but it's great exercise. Like you said. And, um, it's just, I, I'm yeah. not just, I feel way more connected. Like, you know, then I'm, when I'm playing the show that night and I'm singing to a crowd of people, I feel like I have more of a, I know it sounds a little corny, but I feel like I have more of a connection to like the city that I'm in that I kind of, it's a better vibe. I don't know. It's just, it's a little less faceless or whatever. I just feel like a little bit more connected, I guess, you know? That was the thing that I loved about it. It's just like, I got to ride and I got to get a sense of people and where you're at as opposed to just like drop in, hang out at the hotel, get in the car, go to the gig, yeah. rock the yeah. gig, and then get in the car and then fly out the next day, you know? Which sometimes can be, if you're doing a lot of dates, sometimes you just don't, you don't have the time and you just need to rest, but but why not make the effort, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Are you, uh, is there anything that you're working on right now, like music-wise or any uh, projects? Uh, you know, I, I got my app that uh, came out called WhatsApp. Okay. <laughs> and uh, what, what's the what's the premise of it? What is, what's it's, it's just like, it's just like my own app. It's like my own kind of multimedia channel, I guess you could say. Okay. It just has like my videos. I mean, it's available on iOS and Android right now. I can, you know, upload text, pictures, there's live streaming capability. Uh, and then I have my store on there where I sell all my old gear. <laughs> and uh, oh. uh, kind of like my own Craigslist. Okay. And then I can also do some geolocational stuff too, which is kind of these games where I can like actually attach a piece of media to a specific location, you know? So you have to like go to the corner of so, so-and-so and so-and-so in this city to hear the new single. Okay. You know, that kind of a thing. I'm about to download it. Yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, it, it's weird. It's like if you put in WhatsApp, it doesn't come up. If you put in WhatsApp by Reggie Watts or just Reggie Watts, it'll show up. And it's free. And there's no tracking. So there's no tracking. There's no social element to it. So it's just kind of a, a fun, like, what you what you see is what you get type of thing. 
right. I love it. Well, shit, man. Oh, here it is right here. Watts app by mm-hmm. Reggie Watts. Get. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. is there, there going to be uh, in-app purchases that I got to do? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> no, I don't believe in that bullshit. Um, <laughs> the, the only thing that you buy is just stuff that's on the store. That's it. That's, yeah, this so, is rad. And even like I'm making T-shirts too, and they're all limited. There's going to be a happening? nutritional label. I love it. What's happening? What's up? <laughs> okay, here you are. You're already you're already talking to me. I gotta turn it down. I got you talking to me in two different ears right now. But that's rad, man. Well, cool, man. Shit, it was good. It was very good catching up with you. Yeah, it was good catching up with you too, man. I, I'm not sure when the next time I am going to be down in LA. Um, I hope sooner than later, but whatever. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll hit you up. I'd love to, you know, to see you in person at some point. Yeah, man, that would be so cool. Yeah, I know it'll it'll happen. I mean, I know that something's gonna figure itself out and hopefully we'll get out playing shows again you know i could definitely need to come see a deftone show for sure soon need to need to energize the people <laughs> right on right on well cool thanks for chatting man i kind of feel like i'm sort of like the host right now of the damn podcast because i'm <laughs> i was gonna get ready to go to a commercial break right now <laughs> <laughs>